Hello and welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Daily. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. And through this time of listening to this podcast, I just hope that you're encouraged and you're motivated to live a life that's pleasing to God and focused on Him. And so to start us off, I just want to talk about um, an experience I had over this weekend. I was at a church retreat and it was... It was pretty it was pretty good. I'm and I wasn't expecting it to be that great because I'm an introvert. I I don't know. I like people. I love people. I love spending time with them, but I I hit a point where I just, you know, need to get away from everyone and just spend some time alone. Um coincidentally, I have a podcast. And so <laughs> it uh Recording a podcast is a lot easier as an introvert because you don't really spend time with people, but you're still making an impact and talking to people. And that's what I love. I do love talking to people and connecting with them and forming relationships with them. And so when I was on this retreat, I I don't know, I spent a lot of time focusing on um, relation, like being in relation with other people, you know, trying to trying to build, build solid um, friendships and connections that are centered on Jesus. And actually, with when um, our pastor got up to speak, he, oddly enough, he kind of touched base on the topic of relationships. And so it really stuck with me. And so I just want to talk about it to you, you know, see what see what you think. So... So let's go. When the way he started it was he just started uh, for page one of the Bible, just right off the bat, page one. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, or even if you are, this, I just found this to be really encouraging, where, you know, the Bible is over a thousand, a thousand pages big. It's super in-depth. It's just incredible and full of knowledge. And just on the very first page, God gives us so much. God gave us the earth, he gave us space, he gave us time, he gave us nature. And those are incredible blessings and incredible gifts that are just beyond our comprehension. One of the nights when I was at the retreat, I went stargazing with a friend and I was talking to him about like we were staring, we were staring up at the stars. We were, you know, looking at the Milky Way, the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, trying to find the North Star. And we just started talking about like how vast the universe is, and how it's just beyond our comprehension. And I kind of relate that to like, I relate that to Christianity when we think about like, well, how is like when we question God's um, choices. Like, how can God let this terrible situation happen in my life? You know, how can God let me lose my house or lose my marriage or lose a friendship or relationship or anything like that? Why would God do that? And this, the simple answer is that God is so much bigger than us. He is beyond our comprehension. His understanding and his wisdom are so big that we cannot comprehend it and that's that's what it's like when you look up at space it's you know what's there you know what's real you don't 
you can't deny that it's there. But at the same time, you can't wrap your brain around the magnitude of it. And that was just so that was just so beautiful. I absolutely loved it. And so on page one of the Bible, God has blessed us with so many things. But the climax of it, the, the peak of it, is Genesis 1, verses 28. And is right when God made humans, right? It's right when they're formed. The verse before is the verse where it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then verse 28, it says, God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And odds are, you have heard that verse before. But like space, I feel like this verse is beyond our comprehension on just the magnitude that it holds. And so I'm going to just just dig into this verse and just hopefully we can together just have a deeper understanding of what God is saying here when he says to be fruitful and multiply and then have dominion over the earth. Those are the two things. Those are the two main things that God blesses us with from the beginning of creation. It's family, be fruitful and multiply, and work, you know, have dominion over the world, subdue it. So family and work, those are the two foundations of life. Those are our, it's really our purpose to be in relationship with people and then work and have dominion over this beautiful world that God has given us. And that sounds so simple. But obviously, if you turn the page over, you see that that perfect world no longer exists because of our downfall and our sin. And through, so, okay, so my pastor was talking about this. And through our sin and our separation from God, we inherited three things that we were not supposed to inherit. We inherited guilt, fear, and shame. And so he presented those, those three things to us. Fear, guilt, and shame. We all experience it. We all know those feelings. And the question he presented was, where do you feel guilt, fear, and shame in your life? And I'll be completely honest. My answer was relationships. Like whether that's with, with family, with friends, with coworkers, with anything and anyone the biggest time in my life where I feel the most shame or guilt or anything like that is in relationship with other people. I feel like I feel like a lot of times it's just like I'm not giving enough or maybe I've given too much or made a mistake. And it's just this back and forth battle. And when he was talking about this, I realized that you look in Genesis 128 and we are created for being in relationship. That was one of the things that God created us for. And that was like, 
that was one of the that was like the main thing I was failing at. And that just hit me really hard because, you know, being in relationship with people and in relationship in a way that it's centered around God, that is the, that's my purpose in life. Because people, like the Bible says, focus on the things that are eternal, right? I shouldn't dedicate my life to, I don't don't know, I shouldn't dedicate my life to making money or feeling like small bits of happiness. I should dedicate my life to things that are eternal. And one of those things, really the main thing is people. The eternal things. God is eternal. So form a strong relationship with him. And then people are. Right? That's, that's what we got to do. We have to be in relationship. And it just struck me that that's where I felt like I was failing the most. And so I thought about it a lot. I prayed about it a lot. And that night I was just I was just struck by it because I remembered that, you know, obviously the separation from God, the brokenness, those feelings of fear weren't the end of the story. Because as we know, Jesus came. And the thing is, Jesus embodied all of the guilt, the shame, and the fear that I am feeling. And he took it to the cross. And he sacrificed it. And instead, he replaced those things in me. He replaced them with honor and freedom. He gave me, he gave me my life's purpose back. He gave me the freedom to work the way that I was created for. And he gave me the freedom to love the way that I've been loved. And that was, that was just shattering, life-shattering to me because I, I get so caught up with the little things in life or the little details, and then I start to, I start to feel those emotion, emotions of guilt and shame and fear. But I was not created for those emotions. Second Timothy 1.7 says, We were not created out of a spirit of fear, but out of power and love and self-control. That, that is what we were created by. We were created to love everyone. We were created to work hard. We were created to be in a relationship with God where it's harmonious and beautiful and perfect. With this closing statement, my pastor asked, if you could describe in one word what what heaven would be like, what it would be like to be living perfectly in a perfect place with God and with Jesus, what, what would that be in one word? And what I saw was that it would be life, right? Because you look in Genesis and our whole life's purpose is to be in relationship and it is to work that's so beautiful and that's so amazing and we just have a terrible misconception of that especially work right i just i talked for a bit right now about love and relationships and all of that amazing things but work so many people hate work i it's it's actually kind of frustrating for me when um when i'm at work and my coworkers are just talking about like 
how they hate their job and they're just, they can't wait for the weekend. So many people just live for the weekend. They count down the days until Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday hits and they just like hit a low and then they count down the days till the next weekend. And that is not the way we're supposed to live. Work is not a curse. That's not part of the curse of when we fell into sin and into a broken world. Work was there when everything was perfect and beautiful. Work is the way where we get to find fulfillment in our lives, where we get to make a difference. I don't know. I just, I really, I really hope, I really hope you hear this, that work is not a terrible thing or a painful thing or a thing that you should dread, but it is just an amazing an amazing opportunity because when you work, regardless of where you work, you could work at McDonald's as a cashier and you could still be fulfilling God's, God's will because no matter what you're doing, do it in a way that's glorifying to God, right? I used to, um, I used to work at Taco Bell when I was uh, in high school and it was, it was not a great environment. I worked um, awful 12-hour shifts that would end at 2, 3 in the morning. And it was not fun. But I I really strive, and it really depended on the day. Sometime, some days this worked out, some days it didn't. But I really tried to work in a way where I was glorifying, where I was worshiping God while scooping beans onto a tortilla and then giving it to some guy. And the days that it worked... I just, I felt joyful being there. And my co, and the thing, the amazing thing was my coworkers saw a difference too. They would ask me like, like why I was so happy or what was different about me. And the thing is, it was, it was Jesus because what I was doing was worship to Jesus. Work is one of the, Work is one of the most beautiful ways that we get to worship God. Because it's not just it's not just words talking to God. It's not just prayers or singing or thoughts. It's those things combined with action and lifestyle. Because if you don't have actions backing up the words, then most likely those words are fleeting. But if you live your life in a way that is worship, if you go to work focused on God and on worshiping God, then you you will be so much happier. Trust me. It makes an incredible difference. One of the books, like, I'll just throw, I'll throw this out there. Why not? One of the books that, um, that really changed my perspective on work is called Garden City. It's written by John Mark Comer. I actually did a book review of... Um, one of his other books in a recent podcast. Um, but in Garden City, he talks all about work and rest and the he calls that the art of being human. He told us that we are created for work as well as rest. It's a beautiful thing. And I highly encourage you to take a look at that because it's completely changed, changed the way I view work. And through that, it's really honestly just changed my life. And so, hmm, 
I don't know. These past 24 hours have been very interesting, very eye-opening. And I'm, I hope that I'm communicating this in a way where it makes sense because this is important stuff and I really want, I really hope you understand that that above all, to focus on the things that we were created for, the things that are eternal, and that is relationships, and that is work. Because through work, if you do it right, it's worship, and it's connecting with God and partnering with God. And it is a beautiful recreation of the Garden of Eden. Because, oh my gosh, because if you look in verse 28, the two, the two things God blessed us with, you know, be fruitful and multiply, rule the world and subdue it. Those, I, this baffles me. Those are imitations of God creating the world just a few verses prior. Because be fruitful and multiply, that's, that's the art of making life, right? And when God made the world, he made life. And then when it says to have dominion over the world and subdue it over all the animals, God did that. God created the world. God had dominion over it. And so through us, oh, and verse 27, the verse prayer said we're made in God's image. And then you go to verse 28, and we aren't just made in his image, but we're supposed to act as a reflection of his image because we get to see God's beauty and love and amazement when he gives life to the world and has dominion over it. And then he gives us the work and the responsibility of mimicking those actions on a human scale. And it is baffling and it is amazing. And it is 100% life changing. Just thinking about how amazing and what a blessing it is to get to rule this world and subdue it and give life and make life and multiply and to recreate the Garden of Eden with God, with people in a way where we are just in unison. And honestly, it's it's like heaven on earth if it's done right. We're called to, to be in a relationship. We're called to love people. We're called to worship God through our work. And so do that. Truly focus on that. That's in your blood, in your bones. That's what we are created for to the deepest part of our being is to, is to go and to serve and to work. You look at Jesus's life. You look at the apostles. You look at the prophets, the kings. You look at so many people's lives in the Bible. And the ones that God is pleased with are the ones who work hard, the ones who love people. And the ones who are focused on God and on serving him. So, so just believe that, you know, focus on it. And don't, not only believe it, but act on it, right? Because like I said a few minutes ago, the action has to be there with the words. You can't just, you can't just think something or believe it. You have to truly act it out in your life. And this may sound like a lot of work, but it shouldn't. It's it's so life-giving and joyful. If you do it, you will not be disappointed. 
Can you think of a life? There's not a single moment in Jesus's life where he felt regret, or where he felt felt gear, where he felt guilt, or shame, or fear. He was the embodiment of God, and he was the perfect image of God, and on how to live this Eden-like life. All he did was worked, and all he did was served people and was in relationship with them. And we have this amazing, eternal, beautiful blessing of getting to partner with God, partner with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and get to go out and serve the world and get to have dominion over it and change it and make it beautiful to where it is back to its former glory of where it's perfection, where we will one day live a perfect life in a perfect place with a perfect creator. And that will be life. There will be no more shame, no more guilt, no more sickness, no more tears, no more fear. It will be 100% beauty, pureness, perfection, love, joy, and it will be life. It is amazing that we get to experience this. And I really, really hope that you will follow this because this this doesn't just change the next hour or the next day or the next week or the next year. It changes, it changes from eternity. It's an eternal thing. And we have the beauty of that. So remember that and just, I hope that through that you just understand and you understand and you just pray to God that he would guide you through that. And that he would just love you and you would love him. And you would follow him and you would return to the former glory that God had created you for. God bless you guys.